Yes, we do. Welcome to Movie Goat. I am Justin, and along with me, per usual, for these Game of Thrones episodes is Will, the Daddy of Dorn. How are you, Will? You know, you really need an interesting Game of Thronesy name, Justin. I do. I agree. I I've actually thought of that, and nothing came to mind. It's also, I mean, how do you beat Daddy of Dorn? <laughs> I, I want all your listeners to know that you spent about thirty seconds trying to think of something before we started recording. That is accurate. I I thought of this beforehand too. I was like, what would be a good one? I'm like just driving around. I'm like, oh, nothing's coming to mind. That the whore of Winterfell that didn't like flow too well, the the fool of Hardhome. I was trying to think of something that was work and nothing has. So if you come up with anything, William, I'm all ears. Um, anyways, welcome back I'll to let you know. our, our Game of Thrones-centric episode. This is uh, episode two. What's it called? A, uh, a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, something like that. That is, no, that's correct. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, initial thoughts on this one, William. Um, well, we were talking about this a little bit before. I told you I felt like I was a cynic, and you agreed. But yes, uh, you are. Yeah, as much as I want to hate this season, I've shit on it a bit. This episode was great. I think it's probably one of the top 10 best of the series. Wow. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, but I mean, for me, it comes down to just two things, writing and direction. Um, I, I think you would agree that the writing direction of episode two was, you know, uh, astronomically better than that of the first episode, which I think, would you agree that uh, this would have been a great season opener and just cut out the cut the crust off this season and just get rid of the first episode yeah this should have definitely been the second maybe add a couple more scenes to kind of make it cohesive but at the same time like i still don't think they have that urgency that they need everyone's just kind of chilling out they don't even start preparing it seems like until they're like oh they're actually coming because torment and them said so like oh we gotta get our stuff together guys here's our plan and it felt kind of like home alone-ish at that point like they like all right this is what we're gonna do now <laughs> that was the only thing that kind of still it boggles my mind how they're not like just running around going crazy to get this place set up like they should be like home alone they walk in there traps everywhere that's the only thing that bothers me like everything else about this episode was perfect like all the banter all the character interactions like i wouldn't take anything else away just the the sense of urgency needs to be a little more steadfast i'd say that's all that's all i would complain about yeah i i see what you're saying um the tone of this one certainly was different than the first and while while i agree with you i think that the franticness would have um, would have proved inconsistent with the tone they were going for for this particular episode. So I give them a pass on that. But in general, I do agree. It, you, it, realistically, everything would be a little more hectic. But but just in terms of the tone, I still think they got they they really got across the preparations that are being made. They sets they set up, um, you know, kind of 
how how this battle might go down, at least from the front at Winterfell. Um, I, I don't, you know, certainly we don't know all the tricks up their sleeves for this next epic episode three, but um, they did a great job setting it up. But it was just the reason why it worked is because it was a character driven episode and this series this the book series and and how you know the the show started is a character driven show it's a character driven book series and that's that's what george r R. martin is very good at he sacrifices plot um and doesn't mind a plot hole here and there for to let the characters drive an interesting story um and 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 this episode just just kind of it gave us good character interactions that weren't for- forced, um, which is something I talked about for our first episode recap. But these these seemed like you know it was really interesting to see these characters get together probably one last time in many cases. Um, the scene around the fire was great. Them just drinking and kind of having a good time, and the tone you know kind of going back and forth from making jokes, you know, Tyrion and Jamie cracking jokes and Tormund talking about, you know, getting breastfed by a giant to really serious and, you know, and dark and and then to, you know, the beautiful knighting of Brienne by Jamie. Um, It was just, you know, that, that, that whole sequence was just beautiful in my opinion. I could go on, but I'll give you a chance to talk. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, this episode, I mean, they forced it really hard that they wanted to show you the change of each character, like, from when they began to where they are now. Like, every single person goes through that little moment. Like, I mean, I can go through them all. Like, Jamie, I mean, he started as an arrogant prick, you could say, right? He didn't think he could be touched. Mm-hmm. He he didn't care what came between him and what he wanted. His family was first. And now he's like an honorable knight. He's doing his thing for the realm instead of himself. So that's that's great for him. I mean, obviously the audience sees the good in Jamie and wants him to do well. Um, I don't think it's going to turn out well for Jamie. I don't I don't see him living through this night, but you know we'll see. And then you have like Tyrion, who's telling like he's telling a story about being a whoremonger. And now he doesn't even want those things. It's just kind of crazy when you first meet Tyrion. That's always about is drinking and sex, you know. And now he actually wants to do well. He, like he wants to. I mean, I mean his his father might actually be proud of who he is now, even though he's fighting for the different team. But Danny wants to preserve his mind. He wanted to actually fight on the battlefield. Like old Tyrion was really nervous about that kind of thing. He wanted to stay behind. So that shows us that he's. Uh, improving his bravery and then you have bran and jamie that scene was great it was short-lived but i mean they kind of came to terms like hey man why did you tell them about me great scene and he's like why there's no point in drudging up the past like what is done is done you know you're gonna do it if i wasn't if that didn't happen i wouldn't be me you wouldn't be you which is completely true uh three-eyed raven is his plan flawed though i want to jump in that like do you think i do you think the Night King is going to show up, William? I don't. I don't. Um, yeah, I do. In this episode, uh, do you think he's going to actually fight? I have a feeling he won't be there now. I don't think he's yes. going to show up. Uh, so I've I've considered that. I do think he'll be in this. Um, but I I agree with you 
I, I think we agree on, I think it would be more compelling if he did not. But I, I don't think that our wonderful producer writers are going to delay him that long. I think that he will show up. Is it worth losing his dragon potentially? Is it worth losing his life? What if he does the skirt and goes to you know King's Landing and just he, he has a dragon? They can't fight him down there. There's no one there right now to take him on. What if he just gets like millions of people in his army? And just comes up the rear of Winterfell. That would be devastating. Yeah, I, I don't think though. I, I mean, I, I think they'll do something interesting with him. But but my point is that I think he will be in this episode, and I think he will fight. In what way, kind of remains to be seen. But but I I can almost guarantee you he will. We're gonna see him. Can I jump on one more thing about just a strategy? They talk about their dragons. Is it wise to have them even in this fight, considering how fast they were turned by the Night King? Like, is it worth risking your dragons? So that's kind of, um, that's one of my problems with the last season is, uh, and, uh, we may have touched on this, but the ease of which one of the dragons was turned it's like well if it's that easy why the hell didn't he just grab another couple spears and take the other two out yeah literally a one in a million shot out of the sky it's one of these plot holes that they've created that is really jarring and and it creates it creates a problem of if it's that easy do it again brand wants to bring it on what if you cut yeah. off brand's arm and throw it somewhere you think, can he track him? Is that kind of thing? Or is it, he's mocked me. He touched me in a dream, and now he knows where I am at all times. Like, what if you cut off the homing beacon? That, that, <laughs> that theory is so stupid that I actually think they will do that. I, <laughs> what, I, I really think that's going to happen now. Uh, you, you're a genius. And if it, if it doesn't happen... They're going to wish that they heard that theory. They're probably listening for ideas, and they're like, shit, All right. why the hell didn't we do that? It's the greatest theory we ever heard. Because <laughs> he's connected to these like, movie goat guys. He knows where I am at all times because he mocked me. Oh, just move the homing beacon, man. Just bring it to Cersei and drop it out of her house. Anyways, yeah, three well, eyed like, while we're on While we're on the subject of, while we're on the subject of, of things that, let me just quickly go through there's just there's a couple things that um first of all i, I again i'm going to reiterate the writing and the direction the direction of this episode were was great um especially that obviously we've already talked about but the the fireplace scene um great direction but uh there were a couple things just just to get them out of the way that that i had some problems with um there's no the the biggest problem with with the show now is that um in my opinion there's no repercussions for anything that happens anymore um which is why the show was so great in the first place you have Ned Stark who's a really wonderful character um or wonderful in the sense that like a a good-natured person like like the best No he's the most honorable man period <laughs> the dude Right and but you but despite that and despite being the main character, um, he dies because he makes mistakes. There are repercussions for his actions. We got to the point with like season seven, where you've got Jamie charging a dragon on a horse, and you know making some kind of 
it's kind of the climax of his his character arc, and he is, um, you know, he's embraced the the knighthood, the the knight in shining armor, going to save the day and and slay the dragon and make the sacrifice. But then there's no repercussions from it, even though he falls in a river and doesn't drown despite being in full armor. <laughs> but anyway, but but that's kind of just an example. There's no repercussions. So now Jamie shows up in Winterfell, and you know, that's a, you know, there's an opportunity there to at least have like a very drawn out conversation about whether he should be there or not, or, or what's going to happen. He killed one person's father, which led to the end of her family's dynasty. Um, she throws Bran, he throws Bran out a window. Um, he is essentially responsible in a way for the murder of Rob Stark uh, who, you know, this, that was the patriarch, a short-lived patriarch of the, the Stark family. But, you know, there's just no repercussions for it. It's a quick three-minute conversation. I guess I give him a pass because the episode is great. But again, this is a microcosm of the problem of season six, seven, eight of Game of Thrones is now that they have no more story to follow, there's no repercussions for any character actions. Um, the other problem with this episode is Arya. All of a sudden, you're going to tell me that somewhere off screen, at some point in time, she's just become one of the greatest warriors in the Seven Kingdoms. Brienne, who's supposed to be absolutely uh, phenomenal, who who takes down, basically beats Jaime before he loses his hand, you know, the greatest warrior in the Seven Kingdoms, um, is bested by Arya Stark in the previous episode, and now... She's able to throw dragon glass daggers with pinpoint accuracy, and she's just the greatest warrior who has ever lived. Uh, it's. But it, they always showed her progression. Bit. They showed her progression learning all these things. It wasn't just like out of nowhere she knew how to when, do this. When she did learned she, for Justin, years. When did she show. When? When did when she, she was one of the faceless men, that? she was when taught all this crap. Have, she was taught. I mean, do you want to watch her do all no, this no, stuff? No, no, no. She, I watched her stick fight for like eight episodes. Did you watch it? She was like Donatello no, no, in there. You better go back fighting. and watch. Wrong. No. She she does not learn. She's you're right. She's stick fighting. Yeah, what stick are you talking fighting. about? Are you talking about the first season? Or are you talking about it? No, no, no. When she's learning it, her Mysterio? Yeah, but Jakar. No, no. The water dancer is amazing. I wish he would have stayed around longer. He's one of my. I rewatched season one. He's one of the best parts of the, the whole season. Water dancer. Yeah, that's what he calls himself. Dancing master. Well, I thought he called himself a water dancer. Dancing master. Whatever. He could no, dance no, on water no if water he wanted dancer. to. He's the Jesus okay. of uh, sword. Uh, he can dance if he wants to. Yeah, if he wants to dance the night away. No, at least I showed her doing that kind of stuff. Like, you kind of got an idea of, okay, she could probably handle her own. She's been around the Hound who but, fought but, different ways. Brienne who fights different ways. She learned a lot of different styles through her journeys. Um, but the thing about Jamie, can I just go Justin, back to that real quick? I've been Wait. around a lot of great <laughs> pianists. I've been around a lot of great trumpeteers, and I can't play like them. Well, that's that's unfortunate for you. She can pick it up quickly. But we got to Jamie. What, what would you want Jamie to happen in that situation? What do you want them to do to him? Like, what would be your ideal way for him to get some kind of um, punishment, I suppose. Um, well, I, again, I, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be punishment. It just has to be repercussions. Yeah, but okay. And he actually. already lost so his it doesn't arm. Necessarily, don't, so don't misunderstand me. 
No, 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 no. Don't misunderstand me. Repercussions doesn't mean that simply I'm not talking about repercussions for Jamie. I'm talking about repercussions for the story. So a repercussion, a plot repercussion could or a character repercussion could simply be um, it affects another character in a specific way. Or, or it yeah, creates I know. some extra tension. The problem is that all of that tension is resolved by the end of the scene, essentially. In and the scene, there really yes. ends up being no point. But my point is there. But yes, there ends up being no point to the scene at all. Why even have the scene? To have him show up, and you don't need to have the scene because there's no tension that is created. The tension is created and resolved immediately within the scene. There's no lasting purpose for that scene to have taken place in the episode. In that moment, yes. But you don't know what could happen after the fact. If, like Brand said, if there is an after the fact, he might just die out there and that will be it. But once Brianne spoke up... Well, apparently you think he's going to die I do. out there. I do. Which you kind of alluded to. But once, So if that's the case, then there was no point. Once Brienne spoke up, I mean that you got Sansa. She knows Brienne. She she trusts her. So you're having your leaders use other people instead of just using their their hatred for this character for no reason. Like they have to have some kind of compromise. Like they they can think. They're not just hell bent on this stop. guy killed someone, so he must be punished too. Like Daenerys thought that way, and he's like, "Are you sure you guys want to do this?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's cool. We need somebody to fight. Like just get over yourself." Swallow your pride. Jamie swallowed his pride going up there. He could have stayed in King's Landing and been fine, but he decided to go against his sister, which is out of character for him. So it's like just a good arc for him to try and live up to uh, what he can be of a knight. Like he's trying to be the honorable knight that he um, people thought he was until he, you know, this King Slam. But I think he's gonna die soon, and yeah, it's not. It might not be worth it, but that's what happens sometimes. You might own up to your mistakes and then die for him. That's what happened to Ned. I'm going to stop beating around the bush. Two points here. Um, Jamie's arc was completed in that really good episode, uh, fairly good episode last season with the the battle with the Lannisters versus the dragons when Danny shows up, and, and uh, which I already referenced, when Jamie charges the um, dragon. That was the moment to kill Jamie. It was the completion of his character arc. It should have been done then. He's just kind of been kept around because... He's a big name. He's a good character. The second point here is that Jamie's character is no longer interesting, and it hasn't been interesting for a few seasons. The reason why a character like Littlefinger was so interesting is because, well, he kind of, for a while, you know, it's ambiguous what side he's on. With Jamie, you know this is a good-hearted person. You know this is someone who... Um, you know, it has has made a lot of mistakes, and he's atoned for them. But, you know, and he does some shitty things, but we still want to root for him. Um, he transformed into just, you know, this, this pure-hearted good guy, and there's nothing not to like about him. So, so he, he's become kind of this Mary Sue character, and whose who's only flaws are you know, his past actions. So he's really not interesting anymore. And that's kind of what Game of Thrones did is they took away all these really interesting characters. Ned Stark was so interesting because of the opposite. He was this innately just great character, really good guy. You said honorable man, but he had all these, he made all these ridiculous mistakes. And, you know, despite rooting for him, you're like, gosh, Ned, why are you doing that? And he was a compelling character because of that. And so Game of Thrones no longer has those characters. Daenerys is just Daenerys. 
Jon Snow is just perfection. <laughs> um, and so it's just anyway, I, I'm getting on a soapbox about this, but but all in all, good episode. Um, I do wish there was just more repercussions for some of the actions of our favorite characters, especially because, you know, this is the end. Presumably people are going to die. I don't want it to just, I don't want everyone to just die in battles and that be the culmination of their characters. Um, what we shouldn't, we shouldn't be here talking, debating who's going to die. Like, cause that's what it's come down to is what characters make it out and what don't. And I think even the writers view it that way. And it's to the detriment of the story. I agree on some of that. Like, yeah, I mean, because Game of Thrones set themselves up like the Walking Dead. Who's going to make it out? Who's going to keep living on? That's the compelling part to a lot of people. That's why we play a little game because this is the end. You can, everyone's on the board. That's the kind of the cool part. No one's safe. So it makes for more compelling viewing when you're like, well, my favorite character could actually die. When most shows you're watching, you know everyone's going to be all right. The evil people are going to get theirs. And this one, you know, they could all die. Who knows what's going to happen? But Theon is back. <laughs> Let's get to Theon real quick because I actually enjoyed that scene. I I thought it was a little a little too mushy with him and Sansa because, like, the thing is they, they both went through, I suppose. But uh, Theon's going to protect Bran. I don't – would you want Theon protecting you? <laughs> and Theon's another character that's kind of just – lived on a little too long i think and and at this point um they've put too many characters in one place and it's kind of just too much to handle um i guess like i understand theon is dead i think oh yeah um in this episode but uh and so you know it, it it was nice this was i'm okay with the scene because it's his last like one of the Starks giving him a hug. It's kind of like, I forgive you. You can die in peace. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I guess what else was kind of neat in this one? Oh, yeah, Arya. I mean, she became a woman. So that was fun. Um, and it made sense. Have you ever seen, Ar- have you ever seen Armageddon, Will? <laughs> have you seen that movie? <laughs> have, you, have you seen that one yeah and i know what you're gonna say so this felt like <laughs> bruce willis is like these guys have had enough they've been training for so long they gotta have a night to themselves so they won't know what they're fighting for <laughs> like this was that night for everyone like let's just go out and enjoy yourselves and you saw what character would do what yeah with their time and this one actually makes sense for aria i mean she is now she's not a little girl anymore she's legal age and she wants to know what it's like i mean a lot of people, and it's nice to see it from the, the woman's perspective because usually you get that man like, oh, I don't know what it's like to have sex with someone, so I want to do it because of that. And, like, you get hers, and she's, like, in control the whole time. Like, it was off-putting seeing her undress. Like, I, I didn't need that. <laughs> like, I thought I was going to cut away a lot sooner than it did. And, like, you get the whole, like, side boob, and then, like, her getting on. I'm like, okay, that's enough. Stop it. Stop it. I just, I knew the innuendo. It was out of character for her. I, I, no, I, I think it was out of character Was it, though? She's it still a, a woman. The rest of the she's episode. still a woman. And she wants to know what it's like before she she thinks she's going to die. You would do the same thing, would you not? I think you would have taken Gendry. But, no, but I'm not. <laughs> Set on his Iron Throne. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, she's, she's, as she's gotten older, 
um, she's very one note, and all of a sudden you have her. This just it just seemed out of character, especially for the way that Maisie Williams has portrayed Arya Stark. All right, and then like I'll say like one more thing, I guess about the I got maybe two more things. The Hound with his interaction with her as well was kind of nice. Uh, he's like, what are you, a mute now? Like, yeah, that was funny to me. I like the Hound. Anytime you can get him into the story, once again, he has changed from just taking orders to believing in a higher power, maybe. I mean, going through his whole arc of, I mean, finds religion, kind of. Uh, and they've done a great job with the Hound because um, you don't get too much of him. You just get these kind of little moments that tease you, and it's always... Um, it's always witty and fun dialogue. Um, but at the same time, the character arc is really clear. So they've, they've really done a great job with the hound. And then like we, you've mentioned a couple times, the fireplace scene, that was my favorite scene in the whole episode. And Tormund, I mean, he Definitely. stole the show with the suckling of the giants, Definitely. giants that nips is- there. Uh, and then he just <laughs> drinks his horn of plenty and yeah, he was like, "No, yeah, like, yeah, let's all let's all just get trashed tonight. Let's not feel anything for six weeks." Oh, and I liked Tyrion pouring the wine. They're like maybe a half glass, and, it's <laughs> and he like pours a whole yeah I overflowing cup for yeah. for Pod because <laughs> Brian's trying to keep him in check. Um, but oh, while we're on that, um, as the as the the musician, I do want to talk about this just for a second. So. The Podrick singing scene was very ref- reminiscent. Oh, of man. Uh, the first... <laughs> right when he asked, can someone play us Or does anybody know any songs? It's like, okay, here we go. Return of the King. Come on, Pippin. Return of the King, the, the Pippin yeah. scene from Return of the King. So I have to tell you this. That, um, the song that they chose is the exact... Or not, well, you know, right. they wrote this song. And Pip, uh, the guy who plays Podrick actually did a great job. He has a great voice. Apparently, I watched the the behind the scenes. He sang that all live during the filming. That wasn't pre-recorded or anything like that. Like, he literally sang that entire thing during the filming of the scene, which is outstanding. Um, I'm a choir director, uh, and uh, I can tell you guys that that was very good. But anyway, it's the exact same key an exact same musical mode used by the 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 song Pippin sings. So it's literally, and it's they're they're using kind of an an outlandish um, mode to give it that that sound that that kind of medieval sound. Exact same thing that that Pippin does. And there's even some intervals and stuff. It's like it's a it's a direct ripoff it worked i mean it worked really well it was but it was you nice know and i haunting mean and did everything it needed to do but george R. R. martin like he just a little, little yeah fact. he references lord of the rings as being his inspiration all the time like building the world he, and building he references he yes yes but but with a huge asterisk he references it as, as an inspiration but he's also referenced it as he does not want to do the Lord of the Rings ending, and he dislikes some things, and that's the problem because what's going to happen? Sam is going to be writing the story 
a Game of Thrones, and it's literally going to turn into Lord Probably. Of the Rings. So, anyway, I just think that's funny. Yeah, the, then we can leave off maybe the, at the knighting of, of Brienne, which was obviously very heartfelt. It was beautiful. Jamie. Yeah, beautiful scene. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm a knight. Like, I can just knight anyone, and you guys can watch. It was like, you know, the highlight of her life. That's what she's always wanted. And Tormund saying, yeah, like, why can't we? Why can't you do that? Like, that was fun seeing, like, the wildling with, like, the wise aha moment like why does it matter if she's a woman like that, does, that shouldn't matter why not? yeah let's just yeah. do it and have her be a knight and so you call her sir brianne now i mean it doesn't get much yeah, better I think, I think um we we argued for a little bit on that first scene with jamie but to me uh, you know well i wasn't crazy about it in some ways to me the the importance of that scene was the fact that Brienne would step up for Jamie and it's the payoff later of, you know, Jamie. Yeah, doing the Knight. same thing for her. So yeah. that, you know, and, and that worked. And that, that, that worked really well. I and think. now they can fight. And it's nice to see. Un- and that definitely will be their last kind of moment. Like uh, I so, think they'll uh, have one on the battlefield. They'll yeah. be in the same area on the battlefield. I think something's yeah, going to happen no, 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 with them. No, 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 you're right. Yeah. You're right. They'll- you're right. But I, I think that's the, all right that's the climactic moment in there. Oh yeah. I really think actually that Jamie, now that I'm thinking about it, he might actually save Brienne and take a sword to the chest or, or I'm seeing that happen or it's the other, other way around. No, other way around. So. Brienne saves Jamie. And I'll, I'll tell you why later going out. I see that. I see that. And I hate that. I can't use Brienne. Should we, should we move on to the game? Yeah. I was going to say one more thing. Uh, just the, the end. I mean, they had the horses ride up Tyrion looking over the wall and you, you have all the generals lined up in the front. So Night King wasn't there. I don't know if he's going to fly in later and clean up the mess or what's going to happen. But yeah, definitely they're like hundreds of feet away now. <laughs> so they're going to fight. And uh, lots of people are going to lose their lives, one would assume. And I, I can't wait to see what Kevin McAllister has in for these whites. That's all I can say. They have a lot of traps and like spring-loaded things. <laughs> When uh, Grey Worm was out there, he's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's good. I like that spring-loaded uh, spear action. So I don't know why the spears weren't encased in dragonglass, but whatever. So last week... Uh, they were. Were they? No, they oh, were. Okay, I should have looked closer, I guess. Yeah, well, there was... Or there was dragonglass, like, at the bottom of the pit or something. Okay, they had gl- dragonglass on the on the actual walls, too, if you notice. When Tyrion was standing there, like, they had, like, glued on I the I liked wall, that. So. I noticed that. I, I loved that they did yeah, that. Yeah, that was that pretty was cool. Great. It's like... The, the people in the poor areas that put like broken bottles over their uh, their fences <laughs> when people try to climb them <laughs> yeah they yeah, just right. get caught up and we forgot about john and danny you know he had bram there saying the things we do for love he was referring to jamie of course but on this episode he's referring to john and danny i think because you have danny talking to sansa about the thing she wanted most in the world was to rule the iron throne and she was going to do anything it took to get there and then she met John, and her mind kind of changed onto what's more important, ruling over the dead, or ruling over nothing, or potentially not ruling, to actually putting aside her her goals in life and helping this man who thinks this is more important. So once again, it's showing the change of the character from the beginning to the now. Um, but John, he's kind of the one character who has stayed true the whole way. He's never fought for himself. He's never wanted really anything just to uh, just do his duty in whatever aspect that is right now. And right now, his duty is to serve his queen. And to serve her, he has to tell her the truth that he is 
the rightful heir now. And of course, Danny gets upset with that. Uh, she's been doing all this for him, and now she thinks he's going to come in and swoop it away. We'll see how that plays out. Um, I'm hoping there's more to it than one of them dying in the next episode. I hope it evolves after that. And uh, yeah, I just want to throw that in because we forgot about it. So now, let's get to our game. DJ Hot Pie, spin that music, son. Alright, so last week, uh, Will and I didn't do too hot with the desk. We both thought Barrick and uh, Edison were going to get in a skirmish on the way back to Winterfell. They did not. They rode smoothly around the whole army of the dead and survived. So we did not get those right, but the rest of ours were correct. So we're still um, very close. I'm a point ahead of Will because we both got all our living ones right last week. So... For this week, William, I'm going all in, throwing all my chips on the table. Every one of my people are going to die, except for my champion, Tyrion. My my lone survivor It's going to be in the crypt. He's going to be safe. And uh, I hope I get him to the next episode. But who's dying this week for me? I got Brienne going. I really I really think she's out. She got to her, her ultimate goal in life, and now she gets taken out. I'm calling Gendry. He got it on. Now he's going to get it off um, with his head, probably. Grey Worm, I'm calling him out. He's going down. It's going to be super sad. Masande's going to be looking out from the from the wall and watching him get his his head cut off, too. Why not? Heads are rolling in mine. I also think Jorah's going. I'm, I don't think he's going to make it out. He, he said what he had to say to Khaleesi, or whatever he calls her now. <laughs> Uh, Podrick, just because they're mentioning how he hasn't really come too far from fighting. Uh, he, he's just doing okay now. And then Theon dies somehow protecting Bran. I'm going in heavy with the, the main characters. Okay. Um, I, I had a similar... Well, I had the same strategy. I'm going all in as well. Six characters that are going to die. Um... My stone cold lock to die is Brienne, but I can't use her. Oh, okay. Because that's right. You already, I use already her. have. Um, but I mean, uh, stone cold lock. She's done. Um, I think that uh, I'm. I'm kind of going. I'm doing something interesting. I'm. I'm playing the strategy here a little bit. I've got Arya and Gendry. I'm. I'm dying wow but i don't think both of them are gonna die (laughs) i think it will be one or the other all right but so i'm just gonna pick them both screw it um but but i think um i actually i really think Arya could be the big death i i actually really think she's going to die here um for a few reasons i think they're really out of things to do with her um i don't really uh, they still can play with the faceless thing a little bit, but I don't I don't know how they use that at this point. I, I feel like, you know, that was kind of used up with the little thing, the terrible little, little finger subplot last season. Um, so I think, I, I don't know, uh, maybe she does something interesting with the faceless man thing in the battle, but I don't know. I really, I just have this feeling she's done. 
Um, Gendry, likewise, you could easily see it the same way. Um, he had a nice big scene to try and wrap up his character. Um, one of the two is going, I don't think both. I'll continue down my list. Theon uh, is definitely going to die, you would think. Um, I think he's a safe pick. Tormund, I have dying. Um, Podrick, <laughs> I also have dying. And my sixth is Drogon. Oh, wow. All right. Instead of Viserion. All right, there it is. Uh, until next week, that's all we got. I hope uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about next week. I can guarantee that. Hang on. We, we got, there's one quick thing. We have one quick thing oh, we have to talk okay, about before that? we wrap up. All right. All right. You, you said this. You said you use this, this phrase, safe in the crypt. Do you think that... The crypt is really going to be safe no. because they keep plugging that the crypt's the crypt is the safe place. That everyone down there is going to be safe. They tell the little girl, "You're going to be safe in the crypt. You're not. You're going to. You can protect us down there." You know, wink, wink. So, you. I, it, no, I, I almost think that everything's a red her- herring, and the people in the crypt are going to be the ones who die. Or you get a lot of dead people down there. So Missende dies and Grey Worm survives kind of thing. I, I like saying? the idea that maybe they can raise the already dead. Let's see what happens down there. I think that's what's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Or maybe they know about, like, like Tyrion knows about the secret tunnels to uh, to uh, King's Landing. Maybe they have something that goes into the crypts of Winterfell they know about. Kind of like Helm's Deep, where they use their uh, Olympian to blow <laughs> a hole in the wall. Like, you never know if these places have, you know, maybe a little side entrances entrances to uh to get one up on them so you never i i i that'll probably happen it's not going to be a straight on battle something's going to happen to other people everywhere and it's going to be chaos and that's what i want to see i want to see chaos everywhere Just... all right last question before we wrap up are the weirwood trees going to come alive and like ants <laughs> it's going to be straight on lord yes. of the rings uh no, but I think they'll get burned down. I think they'll burn them. Ooh, ooh. they won't be. They'll be no longer available. So they kind of kill the roots of the kingdom, right? That's what they kind of control. So you didn't? Did you? I, I don't remember. Did you have Bran dying? Uh, I didn't because I already used him to live one episode. So no. Yeah. See, I I think Bran is going to die, but I can't use him either. And yeah. I actually think I think. I think he's gone. What if Bran's a faceless man? Anyway, and all it's right. Arya as Bran. <laughs> now I'm getting crazy. Anyways, that thank would you. Be satisfying. <laughs> would it be? All right, appreciate it. Uh, from uh, Justin here to the daddy of Dorn, William. Uh, have a great night. Good night. forgot about john and danny you know he had bram there saying the things we do for love he was referring to jamie of course 
But on this episode, he's referring to John and Danny, I think, because you have Danny talking to Sansa about the thing she wanted most in the world was to rule the Iron Throne, and she was going to do anything it took to get there. And then she met John, and her mind kind of changed onto what's more important, ruling over the dead or ruling over nothing or potentially not ruling to actually putting aside her her goals in life and helping this man who thinks this is more important so once again is showing the change of the character from the beginning to the now um, but john he's kind of the one character who has stayed true the whole way he's never fought for himself he's never wanted really anything just to uh just do his duty in whatever aspect that is right now and right now his duty is to serve his queen and to serve her he has to tell her the truth that he is the rightful heir now and of course danny gets upset with that uh she's been doing all this for him and now she thinks he's gonna come in and swoop it away we'll see how that plays out um i'm hoping there's more to it than one of them dying in the next episode i hope it evolves after that and uh, yeah, I just want to throw that in because we forgot about it. So now let's get to our game. 